You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to the second half of the week episode of the Joe Rogan Experience Review. Finishing up with, oh, doozy, Louis C.K. And then moving into Forrest Gallant. Galante? Galante. Great. I'm just going to say Galante. I don't know if it's Gallant or Galante. Mm-hmm. Our and- apologies to Forrest. So, Louis. Louis, back on already. Hasn't been that long. I mean, it makes sense. He's live streaming his special January 28th through, I think, like February 15th. Um, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure what we do here at the studio is do a showing for that. Uh, what did he say? It was like 10 bucks. Um, $10 for the know, live stream, yeah. And get a bunch of our friends together and just have a really good uh, comedy night. I hope more comedians do something like this. Well, he you said know. Chris Rock is doing it too, right? On Netflix. Yeah, but it almost makes it special. It's like you, you wait for, you hear that they do it, you can go watch their big performances, or, and when you live in Bozeman, it's not very easy to do, uh, unless you make a big trip, but then it comes out on Netflix, and everyone kind of watches it on their own, and comedy really is so much better with the group. So you true. know, Dude, it's, it's like so for, much better. I think uh, Kevin Hart, may have been one of the f- first guys recently to put his special in a movie theater. And I know way back in the day, Pryor did that. And, you know, Joe watched it. It was one of the first things that got him into comedy. He went to watch Pryor at the, at the movie theater mm. with his parents and just couldn't believe how brilliant it is. But with the group like that, it just kind of picks up the energy. It's just a little bit different. Way better. Yeah. It's, well, it's like you don't. It's it's like watching a fight. Same when we have the fight on here. A hundred percent. If I so watch him on my fun. own, I'm not getting as carried away as I'd be a weirdo if I was just in my front room. Like, <laughs> come on, kicking things around. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good way to do it. I didn't realize Pryor was the first one. I remember him, te- uh, Rogan, telling about his parents and being in the movie theater. I had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that had to have been. A huge difference in just crowd participation and the way you react to things. For sure. It's so much better. For sure. I think Eddie Murphy may have done that too. I'm sure a few others have. It just doesn't happen very often. And recently it hasn't really taken off like that. I think, like I said, Kevin Hart tried to bring it back. But yeah, now that you can stream it, we I recommend you guys get together, get your friends, buy Louis special. I mean, you know it's going to be killer. Louis just so funny. Love that guy. Yeah, good to see him on again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did What did you think about some of the old stuff? They got right into it. Some old stories. Uh, about oh yeah, Joe getting beat up by a woman, and that's the reason he started uh, getting into martial arts. One of the reasons that I, must have shook you up. Look, to be honest, though, if you look back, I'm sure a lot of us have similar stories. You know, whether it was an actual fight, I know that there was some um, older girls when I was a kid that scared the shit out of me. Some of my friends, older sisters that yelled at me for doing something stupid, I'm sure. 
And yeah, dude, it's like you're little, you're defenseless. You don't know what to do. That's that's a rough time. Thank God he didn't do anything back. It didn't sound like he knew what mm. to do back, but yeah, probably best not to. Yeah, I I think about that a lot with the little one, with having a little kid. Like, what's going on at school? Like, some days he he's really stoked to go to school, and other days he's not. And then I come to find out it's because he was like there was someone that pushed him down in the smaller grade. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't ask, but I mean, it doesn't matter. But it ruined like his whole three days going to school. In the morning, he didn't want to go. He's like grabbing my leg, and he's only two and a half. So, yeah, it's so just, much it always happens. So much different stresses when you're younger. Yeah, like there's some some really scary moments you're not prepared for that you get into, and but it's all part of life. It's like you, the worst thing you can do is shield somebody from that because you wait till they're an adult. It's going to be a far scarier place. Got to get through it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so Louis talked about. Uh, one of the first conversations he and Joe had when they were coming up as comedians. So around, I, I guess, like 21, 22, just discussing their life. And Louis remembered it, which is cool because that's a long time ago. It's like 30 yeah. plus years ago. <clears throat> and uh, it was when Joe was saying he was in the cafeteria. Somebody came up to him. Joe had been fighting already. And Joe just didn't wait. And Louis was saying, yeah. You always said, don't wait for the fight to start. Just do it. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was 21-year-old Joe's advice. I'm sure it's very different now. But yeah, J- Joe just hit him straight in the sternum or something. Just well, ended he, it. he explained that he wouldn't do that now, obviously. But mm. th- that's not the advice he would give now. I mean, a couple of 55-year-olds, they're given a lot better advice than us, You'd hope our so. 20-year-old self. Yeah. And he even said, Look, I like to think there was a different way I could have handled that. Yeah. So that's recommended. Or he could have just talked himself out of it, probably, right? Yeah, just walk off. Yeah. Especially when you know someone can't defend themselves. It's like, what are we doing here? Isn't, well, CK talked about that, too, how he just, there was a kid who was in 10th grade, he was a senior, and they were about to get into a fight, and he just he just said, no, I don't want to fight you, right? And all his <laughs> friends were like, all of his friends were making fun of him or whatever, but he just he's just not a fighter. He wasn't into it. Which... Which is an interesting one because I'm sure in a lot of ways for years he regretted not being able to stand up for himself and probably, you know, it didn't exactly empower him in that moment. Mm -hmm. But again, later in life, like now, he's probably far prouder of himself for not trying to do something. He knew he was in the wrong. There's so much ego, though, and you're testing that ego. It's like how many people our age even now do you know that would – still try to test their ego in that way it's like they just it's so hard to get past that point i'd like to say we're getting to the point where ego is diminishing but maybe not oh dude it'd be unlikely for me to get in a fight these days no it would have to be it would have to be a lot i'm pretty sure i could just remove myself yeah i yeah i i would agree i mean unless it was somebody hitting a woman well yeah that's 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 a different thing i don't know if i could stop myself from from reacting in that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you'd hope not. Or I mean, when, there's or certain when you're things drinking, you don't want to walk when you're away drinking from. too much, I can't control myself. <sighs> yeah, that's alcohol. a problem. Alcohol is a bit of a struggle. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. What What do you got, man? I I had a few things. At, I'll wait towards the end, but there was something that he really that CK was saying about. I'll just I'll just say it. He was talking about how when 
you're trying to save the world basically. Like people are just are thinking too much about these these larger problems, right? In the world. And really you should just focus on the people that you're hanging out with on a daily basis instead of trying to save everything. I I think and what it looks like to me is often the people that I know that are always talking about these bigger issues, whether it's like, you know, you've got to recycle or the war on the other side of the world or how dare these people over in this area treat people like this. It's all these like big picture issues. Yeah. And then when you they're, and they're always talking about it, right, usually in the form of politics. And then when you take a look at their lives, mm-hmm. it's a mess. Mm-hmm. The house is a mess. Their job situation isn't good. It's like instead of dealing with all these issues with themselves at home that they could clean up with, that's kind of like the Jordan Peterson approach. Like start by making the bed. Clean your place up and your life from within and then go out into the world and make changes. People like to do the other way around. It's like if I worry about this on the other side of the country that seems to be this giant issue for me, then I don't have to – think or be concerned about the problems right in front of me. Yeah. The distraction that you're giving yourself is keeping you from the actual life that you should be leading. And people that are doing well and really working hard and keeping all the stuff close to them tight, their family, their job, you know, their finances, um, just their, their purpose in life, they're not usually so concerned about what's going on elsewhere i mean to some degree but it's not it doesn't have that same kind of weight of like hopelessness the only things you can really change are things right in front of you anyway i mean if you think about it well and what's the point of thinking about all that other stuff if the rest of your life is going down in shambles and you're fucking things up left and right because you're thinking too much big picture and you're forgetting to yeah like take the trash out (laughs) Clean the house. A hundred percent. Talk to your friends. Keep keep up on, yeah, like you said, your work and, and doing the duties you need to that are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It, it is crazy. It, and I think what you're saying, a lot of that is true. I think you see it in a lot of people. If, if shit's not going right at home, well, are they, what are they letting distract them that's not working? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it kind of leads into some of the therapies that they were saying are available, like MDMA therapy, mm-hmm. like the benefits of doing that. And, um, you know, and there's like a bunch of different therapies now, psilocybin, ketamine therapy, um, the Mind Bloom sponsoring this podcast, ketamine therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, some of those things, and I think that bringing psychedelics into therapy with good guidance it like allows you to kind of repurpose what your priorities are through these moments. And it kind of cleans some things out. You're like, wow, I'm really worried about X, Y, and Z. And I should be far more concerned with A, B, and C, which is right at home. <laughs> Instead of X, Y, and Z. That was good. <laughs> well, it puts things into perspective, right? It, it, it creates, at least anytime I've done hallucinogenics, it reminds you that really all there is is love and connection with people around you. And most of the time, there's not much else to worry about other than, you know, the having these interactions and these close-knit connections. It's like it, everything's connected, really, is what it comes down to. Anytime I've ever done it. Yeah. 
you you realize like life is short, things everything's connected, and why be an asshole when you can just show um your true self and just try to be a better person, really. Well, I think you have like flooded with dopamine. Yeah. Well, I think it's serotonin is like flooding your system. Well, maybe both. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But so yeah. then you're there and it, it basically is like that feeling of love and it's the best feeling that you can have. So then you're just like, oh, this is the best feeling. That is, period, just the best feeling. Yeah, so you want to emulate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all you want. Just keep that in your system. I was going to say one other thing. Shoot. Just run before your podcast. Huh? Go for a run before you would do a podcast or get <laughs> yeah, up on stage. Well, <laughs> kind of talking about that, actually. So I have a super busy day today, as you know, like a back-to-back podcast, then I'm out, then I've got other work to do. And, you know, Joe and Louie were talking about how when, like, Louie will exercise, you know, maybe watch a boxing thing and kind of emulate speeds and styles, and then it just gets all this anxiety out. And Joe, again, like a million times he said it, but it never hurts to hear it. It's like, yeah, we have this baseline anxiety in all of us, always. And if we don't exercise, it's in there at a greater amount, and it makes it much harder. And this morning, I was listening to that, and I didn't go to the gym. I didn't sleep great. I was super tired this morning. I was like, I probably should miss a gym. But now I have this, like, you know, fairly big day for me that I'm going to be working a lot. And it's true. The anxiety is much higher. Mm-hmm. It's It just is. It's like always that way. I'm like, ah, shoot. Here we go. Got to yep. deal with it. Should have gone to the gym. I should have. I know. I Even super too. tired. I should have just gone there. I could have done less. Could have done a little bit less. Um, Louis kind of is looking in shape, though. Like, I've never really associated him with, like, being that much in shape, but it sounds like he's putting some work in these days. Yeah, I mean, it. like, he wants to have his set better, and he realizes that he's going to be a better comedian if he's in shape. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And he's contacted uh, Rogan about being in the, in the round. Mm. Oh, that must be difficult. That must be, like, such a tough setup. You got to keep turning around. You know, you got to, like, the back of you is, like, facing the audience for a while. That must be kind of unusual while you're there. How about the Bill O'Reilly part? I thought that was interesting when he was talking about, when CK's talking about being in the in the background. Um, at, at, was it Fox News or something? Mm-hmm. He was at the TV station, and he's realizing that while Obama's speaking, no one's paying attention. No one has any clue what he's talking about. And they're all getting their makeup done and whatever. And it goes, as as soon as it's live on air for O'Reilly, he's just spouting out whatever he was going to spout out no matter what. I mean, it's just just an act. Well, they have a narrative. Which we know. But to see that is, it just makes it so much more real. When, like, if he's seen this happen in action, we all know it to be true, but we don't think about it when we hear these people. on tv as much but it's no surprise though no i know it's like imagine how because they got to pander to their audience period their audience has also already made up their mind they don't like the democrats if it's fox news cnn doesn't like the republicans so their response is always well look at that Mm -hmm. typical saying the same thing i mean it would be so wild 
if one of these reporters came online after that speech and they're like, you know what? Surprised. He really had some good points. That's right. that's completely shaken me up. Doesn't happen anymore. No. No. Could it? It'd be would sweet. people watch it? It'd be sweet if it could. I think that I think that they would get discredited too fast. You know? I think even we if there was like one news guy that just agreed with you know, that was like, hey, they just looked for the best in every politician. Yeah. It, it, the show just couldn't work. It's, it's not like entertaining you ha- Yeah, you have to pick everyone apart almost. God. Yeah. The news is too much. It's too much. Well, nobody's watching it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why comedy's on the rise. That's it. And, well, Louis talked about maybe opening a club. How fucking cool would that be? The idea of comedians... Of clubs being run by comedians is really the way forward, I think. I would love to see that. I mean, to some degree, you got to be careful because you're now running a business, and that's a whole different ball ballgame. Uh, it s- sounds a bit like Louis's not going to do it, but I think that would be fantastic. You just pick a town that you love, and then you're like, right, this is my town. I'm opening a club. All the comedians already know you. So then they just get on a, on a circuit of other comedians' clubs. Joe may open the door for that. It's going to happen. I I hope so. I mean, yeah. I I can't think. There there are a few other comedians that own clubs. Um, I think, is it Earthquake? Earthquake owns one or used to own one. That was, you know, where he just worked all the time. That's how he he got so good. Um, But, yeah, I hope that more guys do it. Talking of that club, number one, it's the New Year's. Come on, Joe. (laughs) <laughs> we want to see it. Get that mm-hmm. open. But also knowing that he took really the best people from the comedy store when they weren't working and has just basically paid their paycheck while they've not had to work because there's been slowdowns of like buying one building and having to buy another one. But he said, it doesn't matter. I'll just pay you. And when we're ready, we're ready. And it's not your fault. That's pretty badass. I mean, he's really coming in with the right team is what it sounds like. This this thing's going to hit the ground running, no doubt. Hopefully they do some live specials too because that seems to be the new norm. If if Rock's doing it and now CK's doing it, I mean, it just makes it more entertaining, I think, when it's live. Well, no doubt Joe's – I would imagine Joe's going to do his next special there. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I think he's just done a special – so that should be coming out soon. So it will have to be the next one after this that he recorded in there. But obviously, Kill Tony's going to be live from Rogan's. That'll be sweet. Rogan's um, new club. So, you know, I think they're like every Monday he releases those. And, you know, also get a really good Instagram together. Because if you follow the improv in Hollywood, um, the comedy store has a good. Uh, Instagram it's just got great things going on they do they you know show little snippets here and there I mean there's the opportunity to make a really cool comedy Instagram as well I uh, I'm very excited for what that's going to do for comedy won't be long won't be he he keeps pushing back the date though when is he going to actually do it I don't know he doesn't really have like an actual announcement I'm sure as you get into the the thick of these things there's permits there's this, there's that, there's bar setup. There's just always stuff. It's hard to kind of make a timeline of this stuff. And at the end of the day, Joe can afford it. 
he can keep putting it back until it's right because mm-hmm. he has the money to put into it. I mean, he's printing cash at this point, <laughs> so he can he can do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get down there. Legends. Last, they... What did they finish up with? Oh, talking about people that kind of were disparaging to Louis after that leaked bit. Mm-hmm. So he had a leaked bit that was, I think it was like about a score shooting. Mm-hmm. And it was early on. It wasn't quite developed. It got leaked. He was somewhat... But it wasn't finished though, right? No. Yeah. He just started. And it was like in the midst of all the controversy and people jumped all over it. Now, it makes sense that regular folks would jump all over it, you know, because they're trying to write clickbaity articles and people like to be upset about whatever. However, comedians jumping on it and talking shit, it's like, it sounds like Rogan cut a lot of them out of his life that did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure many other comedians with more integrity did that. Because at the end of the day, it's a Louis bit. Louis going to be Louis. Right. What do you expect him to change all of his comedy and all of a sudden just be like Seinfeld? <laughs> it's not going to work. No, he's not going to change it. It's so dumb. <laughs> but again, when they look at who, and you know, fair play for both of them to not call any of these comedians out because that's that's kind of playing that same game. It's not really cool. Right. But I'm sure if you look back, you know, if you did a little bit of research of who spoke out about Louis during that time, it wouldn't be that difficult to find some articles. And I'm sure that Rogan's right. They're, com- they're comedians that just aren't that big. People just don't really know who they are. They're probably just not happy with how their career's gone, so they want to shit on someone else. It's just no way to behave in that realm. Like, it's hard enough to be a comedian. These guys and gals should all stick together. You know, well, it's just trolling too. I mean, whether or not they're big comedians or not, they're just like you said, they're people who aren't feeling good in their own lives. Yeah, they, well, they're just being shitty. They're trolls, man. For one, they're just definitely being shitty. I, I don't like that stuff. I remember a couple of them too, and I remember reading the articles about it, and just the whole thing was just like, well, what do you expect? It's the beginning of the bit, and he dropped the bit completely. No doubt Louis would have polished that into something that was just brilliant. And yeah, let super pressure, outrageous. Let the pressure get to him. Uh, well, don't read the know. comments. It's hard he, not to. Yeah, he can he can come up with more bits though. I can't wait to see this special. And yeah, we'll probably be watching that. Well, it depends. When do you get back from your trip? Monday. Monday. Like the twenty eighth, I think isn't that when it starts? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll set it up for sometime next week, maybe Friday. Friday next week. How's that sound? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's jump over to Forrest. Good old Forrest. What was your take on this guy? <clears throat> I uh, I think that he wants to have Woolly Mammoths back in Alaska. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was a really nice guy. I actually, I had never heard of him before this. Um, I, I didn't know anything about the guy. Yeah, neither have I. Um, I thought that Joe was maybe taking over a little bit. I was actually wanting him to talk more, Forrest. Mm. I I, re- I recognized that throughout. Um, just 
I wanted to hear more about the tundra and what was happening with the woolly mammoths. And, you know, this happens with Joe all the time. It, it's fine. They just start talking about other shit. You know, it's like what I said last week of, of hearing about from start to finish, like when somebody news on, hearing about their life a little bit more and going through it. I wanted to hear more about this dude's like upbringing for some reason. Right. And, like how he got to where he was. Because what a fucking interesting field to be in. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, I want to bring woolly mammoths and and what was the other one the uh the um oh shit the yeah. tiger what is it the uh what was that other creature no I forgot Tasma- the name of tasmanian it. tiger okay yep yep i mean i wonder how many we could bring the dodo back i'm sure if we wanted to because that wasn't extinct all that long ago so i'd imagine that as long as something has a really close relative that's still alive and then we have enough dna which mm-hmm. I'd imagine we still, you know, have some samples of these things. I mean, would, I just think the idea of a park full of previously extinct animals is going to be such a massive attraction that it will not only pay for itself many times over, but just fund way more of this research. And who knows how far we can go with that? Because obviously we're going to extrapolate it back to gene therapy with humans, CRISPR, stuff we can do. I read an article the other day. I don't know how verified it is, but uh, they reversed aging on a mouse for the first time. Mm. They made a young mouse from an old mouse. It's like way younger. That is crazy. That may be (laughs) the start of of all the things you can buy. Wasting your money on a Lambo is is Mm. a bit of a joke after... Hearing, oh yeah, two hundred and fifty grand, and we'll make you ten years younger. Like, oh, people would do that all day, dude. So many people all day. It's gonna be the most bought thing. But okay, so what the heck was he saying about how woolly mammoths are gonna help global warming? <clears throat> they can was... they knock over trees. <laughs> it was like, wait, no, what? he was he was saying that because they trample down the snow in the tundra, it keeps it like nine degrees colder. Because it packs everything down. It, who knows if that's right or not? I'm not sure. I, hmm. It was interesting. But if you have enough animals that are packing down the tundra with all that snowpack, it's just basically turning it into ice and keeping it colder. Ah, uh, that makes sense. And then that's and then the, and the snow stays there longer. And because it's white, it's reflecting, you know, back up in the sky. It's not getting hot. Like trees get a lot hotter because they're darker. Right from the solar. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, from the sun hitting them, they get hotter, so it heats the planet up. When it's white, it doesn't get as hot. They did say something about knocking trees over, though, so that other animals could then eat <clears throat> some other foliage underneath. I guess maybe overall it means that then there will be more animals in these areas, so they're all kind of packing down the snow. That's what I got out of it. Huh. But I wonder, like, if they ran, like, simulations on this? How do, how do they even... It, it almost seems far-fetched. Like, I want to believe it. I'm sure much smarter people than me have thought about this, guaranteed. <laughs> but I'm like, wait a second, what? It seems scary to think that there's going to be that many fucking woolly mammoths running around. It, that doesn't seem like it would be helpful to me. Hmm. But I don't know. Well, elephants are fairly dangerous. They do kill quite a lot of people, I think, in Africa. So... I guess the advantage is there's not a bunch of people running around up in the Siberian tundra. 
True. To be squished by woolly mammoths. Would be so dope to see that, though. Get about, a woolly mammoth rug. Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. How, how about having how about having the fish though? He was saying in eight years that if we stopped fishing, that all the fish would come back into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, we're never going to do that. But it's, it's, but it's cool very to hopeful, think about. right? In in the sense of like, let's say that we can be disciplined enough to just stop one species every now and again for mm-hmm. a few years. Like we're like, okay, we're done with salmon. No more salmon now for a while, and we just let them come back. And then after that, then tuna, then that might be a way, almost like crop rotation, It'd but cool. with fishing. It seems how do we, fast. How do we do that, though? I don't know. It's The problem is it's like w- the U.S. is only one country, so we'd have to create some sort of international accord and hope people played along with it and hope that the countries that don't just don't have that much fishing that they could do to cause a problem. It seems like something we should do. I mean, yeah. but again, didn't he say that like so much of the world is fed on fish? Yeah. Like all most coastal towns and I mean, that's a tricky one to what do we, we can't ask people to starve. Definitely not. No. That's not going to work. Radical conservation, huh? Is that what he called it? He called radical... The radical conservation is what they're trying to do, yeah. Keep the animals that we like to eat and hunt. I mean, that's... Right now, that's basically what we do is the radical... The radical conservation is happening with only with animals that we like to eat. It's like deer have come back in droves because we like to hunt them and we want to eat them. So there's like a bunch of people behind it. All these hunters are behind it. So until right. you get the people behind it, there's going to be no radical conservation happening, mm. right? Yeah. Like who uh, the dodo bird. Do enough people give a fuck about the dodo bird? No. Unfortunately not. No. I'd love to see the blue bird. It's blue, right? It's I, mm, blue beak? I don't know. It, it was dumb. I know that much. <laughs> Super dumb. What did you think of the dude that they eventually found in the jungle? that thought he was still at war and was hid for oh, like... Oh, yeah. What was he like? He was in the jungle with his two sons for like 41 years. In Vietnam, right? I think so. They yeah. thought the war was still going on. Yeah, so and they just it, stayed in the jungle. And he comes back to civilization, and one of the sons didn't even know what a woman was. Like he just not... His dad never told him. How much jungle is over there? To where you wouldn't... I guess they may have seen some people, but they hid from them, and that's just how they did it. How many years was it? I think it was like 41 years. Unreal. Dude. They just walk around in circles? I don't know. If it's a big enough area, I'm sure you can have quite a range. Wow. And, you know, there must be enough there for them to survive on. Did they say why they ended up getting out of the jungle? I, they probably just bumped into some people, and or maybe they got sick. Maybe they needed something that they couldn't sort out on their own. I don't remember if they said, though. They ran into a giant anaconda. Right. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows, man? Who would, who would do that to their kids? It seems like a really strange thing to do. I guess he had so much PTSD, he just didn't want to get out of there. He thought he was at war, right? Yeah. He thought it was still going, so keep hiding and 
and I guess he thought the planes that were flying over were still part of the war effort. I mean, there's been stories like this in the past. They just didn't last this long, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there were people that hid for a few years here and there and just felt like the war was still going on. It's, yeah, that's just too wild. How wild was it to think that the Amazon is from plants that were that were houseplants, basically, and mm. plants that people had just had around to, you know, they just planted them themselves and then they got so freaking big and took over. Yeah. And well, because we always talk about now, like how we're destroying the, like the incredible natural beauty that is the rainforest. Mm -hmm. And we may have created it in the first place, which doesn't say we should destroy it. Don't get me wrong, because it's an incredibly beautiful and diverse place. But the fact that we as humans made it like that is pretty freaking amazing. So what do they think it was like before? That's what I don't... Was it not jungle? <clears throat> Didn't say. Huh. What would you imagine it was? I mean, just forests? And then we brought in more edible things? Or we brought certain levels of agriculture? I say we. I guess it's like the Aztecs, right? It wasn't me. I didn't do shit. Yeah, I would think it was just a bunch of food, edible plants, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what you want around you. Yeah. And then they just took over. And, you know, it's like the wettest, sunniest place there is. So shit's growing, like, out of control. Fucking jungle. Cool. Covering just up the pyramids. Start, just got to start planting more stuff, man. It'll be <laughs> fine. Yeah, stop cutting it all down. All right, giant snakes. That freaks me out so he's saying what the longest snake pretty much like 20 feet right about that not this one. Oh, the hundred footer Th well there was a three foot head on this thing so yeah he forrest tells a story about the like the military guy that was flying over was it the congo Mm -hmm. And they see a snake. They took some pictures. The pictures are a bit grainy, but check them out. I'm sure Jerry Companion has some good slides on there on their Instagram. Um, they, but the snake was like they think a hundred foot long, three foot wide head. And the last time they flew by it, it like swiped at the plane. That last bit seemed like what? How low were you going over the snake? Maybe it's a small plane, a little prop. True. Maybe, I guess, a 100-foot snake could really get his head up. But something like that, how how could no one have ever seen it? You know, I'm sure they sound credible. Why would they lie? But oh, there's always reasons to make up a story and embellish. Mm -hmm. Like, could you tell the difference between 100-foot and 50 from a plane? I mean, it would just look massive regardless, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe it was only 50. Mm. Yeah. But I wouldn't be going into the Congo if there were 100-foot snakes. You'd think that some tribal people would, if that was the case, they would have wiped them out because that's a lot of food. Mm -hmm. And how hard is it with, like, a group of people to kill a snake? Can't be that difficult. I don't know, dude. I would be running as fast as I could away from that thing. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty hard. It could swallow you whole. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that would be outrageous. I don't like snakes really at all. I'm not a fan. What about uh, eating liver or testicles to get your testosterone up? 
Well, they said testicles. I've never had, I've never had the testy. No. Never had. Uh, in in Montana, they do the testicle festival, right? It's the a, testicle festival? Yeah, the testicle Say festival. Say that 10 times fast. Where you eat. Where you eat uh, Is it Rocky Mountain Oysters? Is that what they call it? Same thing, yeah. Yeah. It's bison balls. What does it taste? Have you ever had it? I haven't tried it. Oh. Never wanted to. What happens if you found out for sure it bumps your testosterone by like 20%? Would you be down? Oh, I would try it. It's just that I've never had them in front of me. The liver king's like, that's the way forward. Hmm. That and steroids, which he lies about, bless him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I thought it was, I mean, we've heard this before, but how animals go to the liver every time. But for some reason, humans don't really ever want to eat it. I mean, yeah. Well, we're kind of spoiled for choice, you know? And we're, like, satiated off just junk all the time. I'm sure if we were hungrier, we'd want that as well. It's almost like the body would crave it, mm. you know? It's like we somehow can just get by on being somewhat malnourished with certain nutrients, and it's okay. But liver, definitely. If you can get it in your system, I try and eat it as whenever I can. I always have some at my house, like frozen bits. And I add it to stuff here and there. I mean, it it doesn't go with every meal. The pate is the easiest way to do it. That's what I recommend. If you want to get more liver in your system, just buy one of those pates, add it to like a little charcuterie board or something. Get some cheeses and some olives. Pork rinds. Some crackers. Yeah, pork rinds. Dip it in there. Those salt and pepper pork rinds you have are good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you keep your hands off those. <laughs> All right, they were hard to hard to track down. But yeah, I don't know about testicles. I've, I don't even think I've ever been anywhere that had them. Could you just go to a butcher's and be like, "Give me some testes"? I think in Montana it's easier to get them because there's a lot of bison and people actually eat them around here. But yeah, I I mean I don't know if enough people eat them for you to just go to the store and get them though. Right. I well, guess. Talking of bison, what about that story of all those hunters standing on those massive piles of bones? It's interesting that he said that. He said it was uh, the bass, the guy that owns the bass fishing shop he has next to, I guess, their flagship store. He has like a little museum next door and you can Mm. see it in there. It's like very bison focused. Um, But I just went to the Museum of the Rockies here by MSU uh, here in Bozeman and one of the rooms in there, once you get past like the dinosaurs and the other things, they have a bunch of pictures of that. And they had these two hunters on this giant pile. I mean, it must be like four or five stories high and it's just bison bones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it looks absurd. Like, what are we doing? Honestly, I say we. I didn't kill any bison. But the, and then to hear that they were wiping them out just to starve. The Native Americans. So brutal. I mean... Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. What an absolutely fucked up thing to be doing. And they were, they were doing it for the tongues? Is that what they said? They eat bison they tongue? That's what they said. Huh. Never tried that either. No. I've eaten plenty of bison burgers, though. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. But... I'm not trying to eat them so they're going extinct, that's for sure. How are their numbers now? I mean, I know they're not anywhere like where they were back in the day when the planes were full of them, but they, they're on the rise? I mean, are we kind of taking care of them now? I feel like it. Yellowstone's full of them. I don't know the numbers compared to what they were, but I know they're not extinct anymore. Mm. 
I mean, people are, again, it's one of those things with radical conservation. If we want to eat it, then we're going to start protecting it, right? We're going to start protecting the animals we want to eat. Now, a lot of people want to eat bison now. It's true. It's a thing. Yeah, big business. Ted's Montana Grill. That's it. Get over there. It's good. Mm. Oh, kind of going along the Randall Carlson, um, you know, end of the world doomsday thing. They talked about the Adam and Eve Mm. video and or book that uh, is out. And I uh, again, Jerry Companion had a good little slide on this, but I'd love to check that out more. The idea that the poles will shift 90 degrees for like six days or something, and that happens. Now, I've heard of the poles flipping completely, like every, I don't know, so many million years or whatever it is. But this one is like the axis suddenly just gets turned on its side, and therefore the like the rotation of the earth changes, but the winds don't, which just kind of destroys everything. Like well, that said, it was terrifying. only six days, right? It only lasts for six days or seven days, and then it flips back the other way. Yeah. Was that on this pod? They yeah, talked I about on so. this one? Okay. Um, sorry, I was getting it confused with last week with the Eye of the Sahara dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were mentioning something like that too. Um, yeah, so the book talks about the them thinking that God created the world in seven days or the earth in seven days and you think it has something to do with the poles shifting? Is that what they were talking about? I don't know. Like it takes seven days for all these things to happen, Yeah, right? they kind of gave that example. And mm. then they they um, talked a little bit about, how, oh, like wasn't Elon Musk saying something about uh, global cooling is actually far worse than global warming, which is kind of along those same lines. And it's a big part of what, like what Forrest is discussing. Like we worry so much about global warming as a whole. Mm-hmm. But like, again, these like previous ice ages are just really nasty. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, they've happened so many times that it makes us look so minuscule and unimportant. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, yeah, the, any day now, something's going to come and blast through the earth and all this shit we think is important is just not even close to important anymore. I mean, c- cooling makes more sense that it would be worse. I mean, you can't grow anything at all when it's... I mean, you can't in a desert, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. The whole world's a desert. That's not going to work, like a hot desert. But if global temperatures drop all over, like you're really in big trouble and nobody's prepared for these changes you know what i was watching the other day that new show the last of us have you heard about this Mm -mm. so it's on hbo it's like the highest rated show ever through imdb and it's a great show but it's kind of like the walking dead a new one but what's happening is about a fungus Mm. not a virus it's Mm. like a fungus that like mutates temperature wise so it takes over a human brains and then causes people to go nuts and that's it and i started watching it after a day where i'm like spent most of the day listening to my friends and other people's like problems all day (laughs) where they were just like you know complaining about just shit not going right in their lives and i'm like you know maybe i'm just in a bit of a spoiled position but i'm like "Ah, these things aren't that bad like it could be so much worse it's like if something really 
cataclysmic happens, like that's going to put your like need for a new car or a new house or any of this bullshit in perspective so quickly. Totally. I just worry so much that like the resilience of people are like, hold on. Like, how are you going to get through this? We don't have resilience anymore. Not many people do. No. I probably don't. I'm talking a big game, but yeah, you take away a few of my creature comforts and I'm going to be fucking useless for a while. Yeah. Where are we getting food from if we can't go to the grocery store? Yes. We'll be hunting woolly mammoths in no time. Straight back up there. Well, you could go over to the cut. They've got a lot of stuff underground over there at the Church Universal Triumphant. Uh, oh, they doomsday preppers? Yeah. Bless them. Yeah. Yeah. They've got well, a lot they, of canned food down there. You won't be talking shit about them when you run out of food. Exactly. Guarantee it. You'll be going there for rice. Mm. And you, you better hope that they're your friends for sure. <laughs> Going back to the uh, extinct animals, and let's finish up with that. If you could bring anything back, and maybe not back to the, like the dinosaur era, because we'd all pick a different dinosaur, because mm. that'd be dope. But you know, of of like more recent extinctions, what would you want to bring back? Is the what is like the Siberian tiger? Uh, it's on the table. Is that on the table? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You could bring that. But isn't it, don't we still have the Siberian tiger? I don't. It's just not, I don't know if it's fully extinct. Are you talking about like a saber tooth tiger? Yeah, no. Because we don't have those. Well, that would be sick, but that would just like take over and kill everything though. So I don't know if I'd want that back here. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind bringing back one of those giant bears. Oh, Like the ones with the small head, but they're like ginormous. Yeah, they're like... 40 feet tall or something? I don't think that tall, but pretty fucking tall. Big. They're bigger than polar bears. What was it called? The the nose-toothed bear or something? Something. Or maybe, like, I think it might actually have something to do with the size of its head. Like the small-headed bear. I don't know. It's not that. That would be a cool one. Honestly, maybe this is a bit too close to home, but I think it would be great to bring back, like, a ne- Neanderthal or, like, some of the more primitive human species. Though that might be a bit cruel, because it's like, then what do you do? I don't want to put them in a zoo. It's not really fair. <laughs> you know? But that might well, be it. Here's here's the list of what they're, the current candidates for de-extinction, which is what he was Sweet. talking about. Woolly, Let's hear it. Woolly mammoth, number one. Okay. And then the Perennian ibex, which just looks like a, a speed goat. Okay. What else do we have? An auroch that Ooh. just looks like a huge ass cow with with horns, right? Let's see, the quagga, which looks like a zebra, looks like a half zebra, half horse. That thing's cool. Okay, we got any say? There's the thi- there's the thylacine, which is what they were talking about. Tasmanian tiger. That thing is fucking cool. Well, look at that. It looks like it looks like a it looks like a hyena with stripes, but but like a tiger with a hyena's face. Oh, wow. Yeah, that thing is wild. So that that died off in like the 30s? Oh, we got to have some samples of that thing. <laughs> and you would imagine, you know, it would make sense to bring some uh, predators back with this whole thing. I mean, Passenger wild. pigeon. <clears throat> That's what I want to bring back. Passenger pigeon. Yeah, <laughs> those poor things. They got wiped out. Well, I feel like this is the beginning of people being able to live forever in that sense. 
Once we start bringing back creatures that have gone extinct, we're going to start very quickly knowing so much more about genetic engineering. And then we're going to live in a very, very weird time. Maybe for the best. Maybe not. Who knows? Until those asteroids hit again. <sighs> so much to worry about. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. It yeah. doesn't it ignorance is bliss. No, for me it actually makes me feel better about all the shit humans are doing on the planet. Oh yeah, because it's just going to get wiped it, it's going to get wiped out eventually. We're going to be fine and it's going to start over. It's going to take millions of years. <laughs> It'll start back over. I don't like your attitude. All right. It's, I think humans I'm pro human. I'm not saying I'm not pro human. I'm Sounds saying like all the shit that we do is is going to it's going to start over again. Okay, what, probably. Isn't that all the shit we've been talking about? It, yeah, it yeah. always there's starts over. There's a cycle over. for this. And there's probably over. not anything we can do to prepare, let's be honest. <laughs> Save all the cans you want, but good luck. You're yeah. going to keep people going for, you know, a thousand years on your cans. <clears throat> anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Anyone that made it to the end of this podcast, God bless you. We love you. <laughs> Thank you so much, and speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.